Hello and welcome to the return of the American Football Cast. Return of the cast. <laughs> I totally was thinking that earlier on today. <laughs> return of the back on the head as well. What a tune. Andrew, it's been a long time, uh, but we're back. And uh, how are you, gents? Steve, how are you doing? Oh, cooped up. I'm all right. Yeah, you know. It's been You're three whole in days. Quarantine. In isolation. <laughs> so it was a good idea to get the podcast uh, back on the go because I get like some more communication with people in the outside world. <laughs> For the record, this is actually recorded seven months after coronavirus and Steve is still isolating. <laughs> <laughs> Trapped in a bunker. Day 272. <laughs> Gav, how are you? Yeah, doing fine, mate. Doing fine. No dramas over here. What about yourself? So there's a new addition to your household. Uh, Yeah, we've we've, we've even recorded since then. She's five and a half months old now. Have we done anything since then? No. Don't think so. Nothing at all. Yeah, okay. So that's what we're blaming on the the long hiatus (laughs) is the the arrival of my third child, yeah. (laughs) We we were on IR. We we were on IR as a podcast. (laughs) I yeah, boomerang. Like yeah, just a five months boomerang. Like call <laughs> <laughs> back up for the for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and well, what's tempted us out? So the start of free agency has tempted us out of our hiatus. There was just so much has gone on over the past few days that we couldn't not talk about it, could we? So. Let's go straight into the big move. Do we start with the big free agency move or the big trade first? Steve, you decide. Well, you're hosting. Seeing as as you are the Arizona Cardinal man, let's go with the trade. Let's go with the big trade. So I saw rumours of the, the big trade a couple of hours before the news broke, and I just read it as a sort of fan site going, imagine if this happened, it'd be quite funny. And um, then it happened. Um, So the Arizona Cardinals traded away David Johnson and his humongous contract, uh, a second-round pick from this year and a fourth-round pick for next year. Uh, And in return, the Houston Texans gave the Arizona Cardinals DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth-round pick for this year. And um, I'm quite surprised that Steve Keim has not been arrested for for daylight robbery. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, so true it's absolutely ludicrously one-sided this I have no idea what Bill O'Brien is doing it really yeah, doesn't um, make like, any sense whatsoever like it's really the more you look into it it must, it must be a character thing right that's the only thing I can think of and it's not like there's a history of that with Nick Hopkins but like it really doesn't make any sense whatsoever to, to give Hopkins away and then take in Randall Cobb to replace him it's just what an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, so what what's doing the rounds is that um, Hopkins had asked for a new contract, even though he's still got three years left on that current deal. Um, and the Texans just didn't want to entertain that. So see you later. Um, but me as a, a Cardinals fan, I can't help but be absolutely delighted uh, at the way that one's panned out. Um how do do we think Johnson will do well in, in Texas? 
Uh, nope, because they have no O-line to really help him. <laughs> I think is well, the short answer on that one. Well, they did they did get Tunsil last year, right? So that was a not bad upgrade. But you're right, Steve. I think there's quite a lot they need to do. It's more. I think it's more the injuries that come with with David Johnson. Um, that's why he won't do well. I don't see him staying healthy. I'm trying to think yeah, if there's someone um, who has had a similar career trajectory where they had a really kind of dinged up so-so first few years and then kind of came good later on. And I'm I'm struggling to think anyone similar. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, the you. thing with Johnson is he started exceptionally. Um, and then, yeah, as the injuries crept in, he just couldn't seem to get him back into the game. He showed flashes at the start of last year, but then again got injured. Um, and... Once he came back from the injury, he just wasn't effective at all. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm i not even sure they've got a productive player out of this, the Texans, either. And they've eaten all of his contract, too, um, which is even more surprising. You would have thought that with a trade like this, they would have made the Cardinals eat some of Johnson's money, but they didn't even do that. Do you think um, Johnson's contract is cheaper than Hopkins, though? Have they still actually freed up some money out of this? Uh, no, so really? basically the Cardinals, the Cardinals have are, are now paying an extra four million. <laughs> all, all the extra money that they've got to pay. Oh my god, this is just getting worse. <laughs> wow. Okay, I missed that bit. Oh dear. Yeah. Like, I, uh, of all the teams, I have a kind of affinity for the Texans, and I have for a few years. I don't, I don't have a team per se, but they're kind of about as close as I think I'm ever going to get. And I, I, I can, I now feel what you guys have felt for the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> Just what is going on? <laughs> oh dear, never yeah. mind. Uh, but on the other side of it, I am so excited about having Hopkins in that that offense with the the receiving options that are now there. So you're going to have Hopkins down one side, you're going to have Christian Kirk down the other, and um, Larry Fitzgerald in the slot is still massively effective. You've arguably got the two safest pairs of hands in the league in that offense now. Yeah. Only Thomas would probably get in the mix there in terms of drop rate. Yeah. He'd be the only one I think you'd put close. But those two, did Hopkins go the whole of last season without a drop? I, know, uh, I don't know if it was last season, if it was the year before. Two years. And it made uh, some nice catches in that to try to make sure he kept that streak going. So, yeah. And then uh, Larry Fitz, I think he's gone basically his whole career with about eight drops or something nonsense like that. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't drop any of it. It's amazing. So, and I suppose in a weird way, you've kind of got, you go from Larry Fitz to having Hopkins for the next chunk of time as well. It's almost like a nice natural progression. Yeah, definitely. So, obviously, one of the big areas of need that was needing addressed in this offseason for the Cardinals was a wide receiver one. And They've gone out and done that in the the first day of of the of this year, so that's a a great move. Um, does that uh, I was hamper your? Sorry, does that hamper your team's chances of going for CD Lamb though? Oh, I that's think totally were, out of it now. Yeah, yeah you're champing at the bit for that move. <laughs> yeah, but I'm quite happy for that not to happen. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a fair, it's a fair swap. Yeah, not confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, so let's have a chat about the other uh, big-name wide receiver that made a move uh, in a trade. 
Um, so the Vikings traded Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. So Bills and a seventh round pick. And this trade just puts the, the Hopkins trades into perspective. So Diggs plus a seventh round pick went to Buffalo. And to uh, Minnesota went a first round pick, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, and a 2021 fourth round pick. Now that's more Gab, like what do you make of this one? Sorry, Gab, um, so my first thinking is I'm excited to see how Stefan Diggs helps uh, Josh Allen. I think he's a, a big upgrade on the any wide receivers that the Bills had. So I get it from that point of view that they had to go out and get someone who was of a good level. I don't think giving Josh Allen an unpolished rookie, even in the first round, is, is going to help him progress. However, the you know, the actual compensation of the deal. Um, the Vikings, you know, have absolutely, um, you know, walked away with an absolute haul for for that. And I think when you compare that to Hopkins, if you could have got Hopkins, you know, if you gave up that haul for Hopkins, you would have probably been fairly okay with it. I mean, it's still a lot, but giving up yeah. a, a fifth, you know, a, what was it, a fifth, sixth, fourth, plus the first rounder for Hopkins... I think I would have been okay with that. I would have been like, that's a little bit expensive, but to do that for Stefan Diggs is even worse. Um, so, so, yeah, it's just it's just crazy, but I, I, it fits a, a need for the Bills. And uh, the Vikings are about to go into rebuild, in my opinion. So um, they obviously lost a couple of players that we might talk about. But, um, yeah, so I think that's why the... The Vikings have shipped Diggs, and there was obviously the the chat about Diggs wanted out earlier in the season as well. So, yeah, you know, for all parties concerned, I think it it's, it fits, but it's just an expensive fit. The Vikings also put an extra two years on Kirk Cousins' contract, um, which is interesting uh, in terms of. So they're clearly looking to rebuild the rest around Cousins. They still believe that Cousins is their guy for the the foreseeable future. Yeah, and you know what? I think he he proves quite a lot of people wrong last season overall with his performances, and I think he was pretty consistent. And uh, yeah, I think they just need to go and rebuild the rest of their roster, especially that defense with all the names they lost. Um, yeah, especially the I think the underrated one will be the the loss of uh, Lindval Joseph. Um, I think that's the biggest one that they've actually lost, in my opinion. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting one uh, to see how they, they go over the next year. Um, one, We'll move on from that one then. Um, and one team that's been active with a couple of trades out, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So first, they traded away Calais Campbell uh, for a fifth-round pick to the Ravens. There was talk, actually, that even if they didn't trade him, he would have been gone um, just because of the, the money. Um, and things. What do we make of that one? The the Ravens seem to have a, a scary, scary defence now. Uh, Steve, you're a, a big defensive man. <laughs> what do you think? Well, they I mean they were they were so close this year and they're just trying to think what do we need to take us over the edge? Um Baltimore traditionally always had a really fearsome front seven. Yep. Um, so they, they've almost like gone back to type on that and thought, well, let's just load it up because uh, they picked up Campbell, which I think is a brilliant pickup considering they only gave away a fifth. I think that's just nonsense, really. 
for what he'll do for the next couple of seasons. But I think they also they picked up uh, Brockers from the Rams as well, and then tagged Judon, who had a bit of a, a career year last year. Um, so whereas two years ago, Zadarius Smith had his career year and they couldn't keep him. Um, Judon, who then stepped in his place, he had a career year and stepped it up, and and they managed to keep him around as well. So, just kind of that, just that front. I'm I'm really looking forward to what they can do next season. Yes, yeah, certainly exciting. Um, that the other move the Jags made uh, was they rather expectedly um, got rid of Nick Foles, and he has been traded to the Bears in return for a fourth round pick. Um, it's not saving them a whole lot of money, though, from what I was reading. It's only something. It's a low single figure million, uh, maybe four million of, of cap space <laughs> that it's saving. Um, so they've eaten all the money from that, basically. Yes, pretty much. How is not the end of the world yeah. when you've got Minshew on a, you know, who's what was it a sixth or seventh round pick? So his guaranteed money is going to be next to nothing, based yeah, on where he's, he's drafted. He's very so, cheap. Um, yeah. and if you can get two or three years out of him, maybe a playoff run or two, then um, yeah, it's definitely not the end of the world. Um, I guess the big one for for the Jags overall was, you know, well, I don't know if he's going to stay or not, but uh, Ngakwe. Um, who's tagged, but there's now rumours that he's looking for a trade-out and doesn't want to sign his tag. So That was always, yeah, you're right, the rumbling was that the only reason he tagged him was so they could flip him, um, rather than losing him sort of thing. Are either yeah. of you surprised that um, the Jags have stuck with um, Doug Marone? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I thought that last year would have been his last chance and he obviously wasn't able to really do anything last year um, I did think he'd be gone but um, they did make him did they move their did they change GM yeah Tom Coughlin I made that up well, no yeah. I'm pretty sure they got rid of Tom Coughlin yeah yeah so they've decided that that is the change they wanted to make but I suppose it is quite unusual that a new GM comes in and uh, the head coach doesn't change as well because they normally bring their guy, so yeah. I mean, I think regardless of how, the only way Marone stays any longer than next season is if he wins a Super Bowl. Anything else is not going to be good enough. So I'm not sure um, what's happening. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see whether Marone is given much more of a chance. I think he would be one of the the first coaches to be. Um, Chopped if it actually comes to it. Um, I feel like the Jags, you know, they've they've just slowly dwindled, and it shows in the NFL like how you can go from hot to not pretty quickly. Um, yeah, uh, definitely, it's uh, the drop off can be very fast. You just look at the the Jags, you look at the Rams as well in recent years. How uh, sort of last year how they went from from Super Bowl to nowhere near. Um, yeah, the drop off is very quick, but conversely, the the pickup can be very quick as well. Just have to look at the Forty ers where they came from to end up in the Super Bowl last year. A four win season the year before, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, second overall pick, you take uh, Nick, Nick Bosa, Bosa. Boom, Super Bowl next season. Ridiculous. Yep, yep. crazy. Okay, speaking of the 49ers then, uh, and we've only got another couple of trades that we're going to have a, a chat about, but the, the Niners traded away DeForest Buckner uh, to the Colts in return for a first-round pick. 
Um, just yeah. is this? Do you think this is just a an, an odd man out? Can't afford to pay him, so we'll just take yeah. what we can from him. Yeah, th- I, I mean, the first round pick for DeForest Buckner is still good-ish. Maybe they could have got more, but I think you're right. I think this is more about salary dump because they have a lot of money invested in that that you know defensive line and they can't pay everyone. Um, yeah, I think Buckner. I I've been a big fan of him since they drafted him. I think he was from Oregon. I think they drafted him, um, and yeah, he was. He's done really well, I think, and I, I, I have, like, I think defensive tackle, nose tackle, these sort of players are slightly underrated in how disruptive they actually are and how important they are uh, in terms of what they do for a defense. Because you need them to, you know, if they can get past the the center or whatever, then you know you're almost straight into the quarterback. So if you get a good one, then I think it's a really valuable position and. I think the Colts have got a really nice pickup for a defense that was already sneaky good. They've now just added to it. So, yeah. um, and a first round pick for a player like Buckner, I don't think that's that's too much of a, a giveaway either. Um, I think what was it? He's twenty one million per season. So that's quite an expensive contract. So that's pretty much why he's not at the Forty ers anymore. Well, they paid uh, Eric Armstead. You know, they couldn't pay both of them, so they just picked one over the other. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's it's like a, a tough decision to make, isn't it? They're both very good defensive linemen, and um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I'd imagine that they'll just go out and pick someone who's uh, a similar position with that first round pick, you know, um, in the actual draft. Yeah, probably, probably. They're kind of in a luxury where they can they can just pick wherever they want, really. Yeah, that's a bonus pick, isn't it? Because they'll still have their actual first round pick as well, don't they? The one that they'll have thirty one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they've still got that. Yeah, um, yeah. Right, I think that uh, rounds up the trades. Um, there's another couple, but um, there's nothing really of of huge note. So we'll move on to the the actual free agency side of things. Um, and there's only one place you can start here. Um, and I was really Kendall Fuller to the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see where it was going to go. I knew it would be the obvious one. <laughs> right, okay, let's go with it. Let's roll with it. Kendall Fuller of the Redskins. Gav, uh, as our resident Redskin, are you delighted with that one? Absolutely delighted with that one. He was one of our, our best players, uh, one of our best defensive players before he got traded in the Alex Smith deal. Um, the amazing thing about Kendall Fuller um, and the Alex Smith trade was, uh, you might not remember this, but he actually tweeted there was rumours that... Um, with the Smith deal, when it got confirmed, the Redskins were in talk with them. Fuller, tweet, Fuller tweeted saying, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. And then like 40 <laughs> minutes later, he was like, whoops. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, and I think, you know what, I think a lot of Redskins fans, including myself at that time, were like, what the hell? You know, he was a, I think he was a second round pick um, from the draft. It must have been five years, six years ago. But um he and he was excellent for the Redskins. Super consistent, um, you know. And uh, yeah, I just I thought he he looked really good. And then he obviously went to the Chiefs, and he was probably the only good player in the secondary for the Chiefs. Um, and to get him back, I think you know him and Landon Collins is a major upgrade on what we were paying for Josh Norman. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Of course, um, uh, since since we last recorded, you've now got Riverboat Ron in charge, who is defensively minded anyway. 
Yeah, and a nice little top-up of Jack Del Rio as well, just to make sure that we, we get that defence sorted, because that was... that Well, we had issues on, on both sides of the field, really, last season. Um, the defence was playing better, but they were just always on the on the field because the offence couldn't give them a chance. Um, but I think, you know, with Kendall Fuller and, you know, uh, Riverboat Ron and Jack Del Rio, I think we'll, we'll, we'll become tough again, and I think that the, the Alabama Redskins will... <laughs> well, um, will be pretty good. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. I, I've got a feeling that um, we're going to ship our second pick as well in the draft. So, there's loads of rumours flying about tonight um, from a guy that covers the the Redskins, and is normally pretty spot on. And um, with all the moves that the Redskins have made in the free agency so far, I've been on the defensive side. So. I wouldn't be surprised if we ship a lot and then we go for an offensive lineman, potentially a quarterback, depending on what what we get for um for the second overall pick. Mm. I don't see it. Be I really don't see the the Redskins now drafting Chase Young as well. I don't see it now with all the moves that they've made for you know they brought in a couple of uh, linebackers. Um, yeah, you know we've really spent a lot of money on the. On this day in free agency, so you know Chase Young makes sense if you're going to be aggressive on the offense side of the ball. But we've only really addressed one side, so yeah, a lot to, lot to wait and see what happens with the Redskins. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, you can talk about some other stuff if you want. That's that's my Redskins rant done. <laughs> <laughs> right. I suppose we should talk about it then. Um, Tyrod the... Taylor. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> That's the one I thought you were going to go with a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, right, I'll let you away with it last time, not this time. Right, the goat has moved. Um, and don't shoot me for saying that because Mr. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers fanboy there is probably going to tell me that he's not the goat. But Tom Brady is the goat. And he has moved from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and the... The magnitude of this move didn't really strike me until I was speaking to um, someone that I work with uh, yesterday, and he mentioned this in conversation, Brady away from the Patriots but not retiring. And it's someone that, that isn't into NFL, but the fact that they're bringing this up in conversation as someone that doesn't doesn't really follow the game um, makes you sort of, sort of grasp how big a move this is that, that Brady, who spent 20 years as a New England Patriot, has decided to to move on uh, and and sign for the Bucks. Um, Steve, what do you make of this one? Oh, love it! I really do. It's uh, so I've, I've kind of been harangue all the teams. Patriots are pretty near the bottom. I kind of hate on them a lot. Um, I think it's just because they consistently win and win, and it's boring. It's been nice for someone else to do something. And um, <clears throat> you know he's won he's won what six Super Bowl rings he's he's got records coming out of his ears he's forty three or whatever and you thought oh maybe this is the end he might finally go and he decides nah you know what I'm going to keep going not only I'm going to keep going I'm actually going to go and do the one thing that people have said and doubted me is that I can only win because of Belichick so I'm going to break away yep. from him. I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to prove everyone wrong and both of them get the chance to do that this year. Because they've always been yeah. tied together, and everyone said that they're all, they're all, they're, the only reason they're completely amazing is because they're both there together type thing. And now Brady and Belichick both get a chance 
on their own to reshape a season and see what happens. Now, where he's gone, though, is, is what I love because Arians has this, I want to say, affinity with an older quarterback is maybe a nice yeah. way to put it. Um, last year's Jamie's Winston 30-30 job was just lunacy. Um, amazing to watch, but absolute. There's no way they were sticking with him. I think they were going to try everything possible to to find an answer somewhere else, and what an answer it is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm just I'm I'm quite delighted about it just to watch it all unfold this season. Yeah, Gav, what's your initial take on it? Um, I'm intrigued to see what this does for the Patriots more than anything else. I think that so they're going into the season with uh, Jared Siddham and Brian Hoyer, I think, and. Um, I'm just really intrigued to see whether they go for Cam Newton or Andy Dalton or Joe Flacco or um, yeah, I just think it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't see them drafting the QB. I don't think they're they're what picking in the late twenties. So um, I don't see them being able to jump up high enough to get one of the top guys. So it's really interesting to see what they do and. I think Steve's right. I think Bruce Arians has got this affinity with the older QB and knows how to get the the last squeeze out of them, if you will. Um, and I think if you know, with uh, Godwin, Mike Evans, you've got some pretty good receivers there, and um, you know if they can if they can protect Tom Brady and give him time, we know that he's he's a bit of an executioner in that way, where it's just going to be precise and you know pick defences apart eventually and especially with those two guys so yep definitely excited about that one and I'm just I feel like I can like Tom Brady now Sell. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, maybe like is a bold word maybe he goes from like 1 out of 10 to like 3 out of 10 what about uh, the thing you said there Andrew about uh, where the Super Bowl is this year if you want to elaborate on that one yeah, so, well, the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year. No hometown team has ever got to the Super Bowl uh, in their own stadium. The Minnesota Vikings obviously came very close. Was that two, three years ago now? Um, two year, Three years ago. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, uh, Brady taking a run at the Super Bowl in Tampa... Uh, it would just be another record for him to check off as well, wouldn't it? It's just something that you could see him doing. Um, I've got a mate who's a Tampa Bay fan, and he gave me a bit of of his reaction. Um, he His viewpoint on it was that um, signing the GOAT is a massive thing for Tampa. Uh, it might bring a few new fans who follow the player rather than the team. Um, and I think that was evidenced when the, the online season ticket queue for the Bucks, uh, there was about 6,000 people in line to buy their season tickets online shortly <laughs> after it was it became obvious that that's where Brady was landing um, so the rest of this is uh, talking about teams, it gives us a far more reliable quarterback he's obviously not got the same arm strength or physical capabilities as Winston but more likely to make the more correct decisions at the right time um, his record is, is <laughs> definitely much more favourable than Winston's stats which um, <laughs> of an obvious statement there, but yeah, cool. Um, but then it'll be interesting to see what BA does in relation to his arm. Uh, he threw a lot of balls close to the line of scrimmage, um, 
and there's a lot of pace now at the receiver position at the Bucks. He's probably got more options there than he did in New England. Uh, he's also got a massive tight end he can hit in O.J. Howard, who has similar physical capabilities to someone that Brady liked throwing to. Um, so that was Richard's take on it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really intriguing as to, to what he does in this offense. As Richard said, he's not got the same physicality as Winston. He's not going to be able to to launch it down the field to the same extent. Um, but his his game intelligence and decision-making uh, is day and night in comparison. Um, I, so, yeah, really, really interesting. I think just the one quick thing is they, they really need to make sure that he's kept up right. So they need to yeah. either spend some draft on uh, some offensive linemen or they need to consider, you know, is there someone in free agency that can give them an upgrade or is there a Redskins player that they should draft and give the Redskins a haul for? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll leave it at that. Yeah, uh, just quickly, the uh, we had a bit of fan feedback on, on Twitter as well. Uh, Cameron, who's a, a Seahawks fan, um, and he's on Twitter at C4MRIN, um, his take on it is that Brady will melt in the floor of the sun and expose the alien life form that has been inhabiting his body. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, meant to that. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks, Cameron, for your yeah for your opinion on that one. <laughs> um, right. So yeah, we've we've talked enough about. Tom Brady. Um, the other big quarterback move in free agency, uh, Phil Rivers uh, has joined up with the Colts. Um, I think we all expected this to be where he land. He's got a huge familiarity with that coaching staff. Does he? Is it an upgrade on what they had? What's his... Uh, I'm, uh, this is how out the lip I am. But, so... Uh, Wright was his quarterback, coach, and offensive coordinator, I think, at the Chargers. Um, oh, and then some of his other, other of the other staff were at the Chargers as well. Uh, okay, I didn't know that, so thank you, Andrew. Um, uh, do any of you guys feel a little bit sorry for Jacoby Brissett? I can't think <sighs> of it. I can't think that he's necessarily done anything wrong to be replaced by a vet. Okay, so so on the flip side then, see when when Foles went down and Minshew stepped in and kind of electrified that offence a bit. Um, I don't feel Brissett's ever done that. He's come in and been a capable backup, but he doesn't come with a bit of the excitement or the wow factor that people look for. So I think that's maybe the only thing that has stopped him from wrapping that up properly. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking, is there a little bit of... Um... Too much memorabilia to Phil Rivers just now because his, I mean, last season he wasn't very good, right? He wasn't like he was, you know, um, at, at what people would remember him for, like as a gunslinger. He threw quite a lot of picks. Um, I, yeah, I, I think not very good is being kind to him last year. I, yeah. I think he was really poor. Um, so that's, that's what I mean. So you're going from Brissett, who, you know what, he wasn't superstar nine out of ten every game but he gave you your you know your 6.5 7 out of 10 just got got the job done to then replace him with someone who was giving you what two or three out of ten 
And yeah, no, I totally see your point there. I and he's also aging as well, right? So he's also yeah. on the wrong side of the age curve. So to me, it seems like yeah, there's the maybe there's too much of the familiarity between Frank Reich and Phil Rivers. I guess the only thing that's different is the Colts do have a pretty good defensive line. So yeah, that maybe I was going to say that. But the, yeah. the other flip to that is, though, I don't think out with T.Y. Hilton that the Colts' uh, wide receivers are particularly good compared to what he had at the Chargers. And Hilton's obviously struggled a lot with injuries over the last couple of years as well. So you're not even guaranteed to get 16 games out of him. Yeah, but Stephanie, I just yeah, there's just a, a lot of question marks on that one for me. Could be one of the things where Rivers engineered that move and he's gone in alongside the the indie front office and says that's fine, I'll come and play for you, but you need to go and draft me some whiteies. As be. in, you know, there's already they already know what they're going to do to help that. But it's an absolute fair shout, and I think you're right. Um, they've got Mac in the backfield, who's actually going to be nice and solid for them, and then you've got Hilton, who is. Not quite at the top level that he was a couple of seasons ago. I mean, he's he's still a solid wide receiver one, but there's plenty ahead of him now in the pecking order. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're right. Other than that, who have they got? Sort of thing. So yeah, interesting one. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, other quarterback, well, non-move, I suppose. Uh, Ryan Tannehill signed a a nice long extension in Tennessee. Um, what do we make of that? Uh, I'll go first on this one. I actually think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that we've seen how good the Titans done last year, and you know why would you change a winning formula, a formula that got you so far for the you know for what was out there? They yep. then have to understand whether the you know the QB that they bring in um, is able to do the things that Tannehill done for them. So for me, I think it's it's not. I mean, it's a lot of money they gave him. Um, Do you think know, that I'm, sort of money is quite high risk given his injury history when he was in Miami? I mean, well, he didn't show anything for the Titans at all, and they've got one of the best defensive lines as well. Uh, I know they've lost um, Jack Conklin, which is definitely going to be a big blow, but uh, their offensive line's pretty good as well. They've got Derek Henry, who they can just feed the ball to a gazillion times. Um, yeah. So I, I think it makes sense for the Titans. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. No, Steve, I, what do I you think? That. I, I don't think there's a lot I can add to that, to be honest. Gav, you've kind of summed up pretty much what I feel about it as well. Um, it, it just very simply, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think that's, it actually makes a lot of sense. He's obviously, he obviously fits the system quite well. Um, and, and as you say, they've got Henry, they tagged him, and keep him around for at least one more year and, They'll probably figure out if they can re-up him at, at what level. I think trying to get him for about another three years or so would be a good idea. Um, you, you don't want to give him stupid money in a six, seven-year contract because he isn't going to last that long. Um, but if you can get him for another couple of seasons and you've got Tannehill in place and everything else that they've got going on at the Titans, they're going to be they're, they're certainly going to be in the mix of the playoffs every season and pushing. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And I think that Mike Rabel looks like a really good coach. I think that looks like a really good pickup. I think his, uh, I mean, a hot take, but I think he's got the air of Bill Belichick about the way he carries himself. Looks very 
assured and everything he does for such a, a young head coach. And I, I'm, he might That's not a be as successful. Sizzling hot take. Um, yeah, I mean, he <laughs> might he might not be as successful. You have to remember what he went into the Titans, but think of how they've turned around. You know, like yep. they they are they weren't far away from going the full way. So, and did, nobody would have predicted that at the start of the season. Oh no. And then, yeah, I just I just feel like they're a team that is going to go from strength to strength. He's also been bold enough to uh, to make that decision that despite Mariota doing okay for a long time, he wasn't their guy and he was quite happy to to bring him out of the team and, and go with someone else. Yeah, that, and again, that's the sort of thing that I feel like you could see Belichick doing that, you know, you're not taking us to the next level, so I'm going to move on from you. And I think that's yeah. how you build a winning formula. You have to be able to make those tough decisions and yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, on the Mariota point, he's now signed for the Las Vegas Raiders because they've moved since we last recorded. Um, do you think he's got any chance of beating Derek Carr out for the starting job? I'll go first. He's obviously got again. a little bit of a chance, but I'm going to say he's good enough. Yes, and um, let me tell you why. Both Mike Mayock and John Gruden were unbelievably complimentary to Marcus Mariota and the draft that he was in and both those people were obviously working as analysts at that point um, watching a lot of tape they'll feel like they know his game and I think uh, the Raiders the Raiders are sorry I feel like Mariota going to the Raiders will be I think he just needed like a fresh start I think he'd went stale at the Titans. I think so, you know, giving him that point to prove element because a lot of people say he's like one of the nicest guys. So, you know, maybe giving him a, a bit of a chip on his shoulder will be something that sparks him into contention. And I, I really like him. I feel like he's, a, again, another maybe similar to Brissett, 6.5, 7 out of 10 type QB. Derek Carr, when you think of the money that's tied up in him, is he worth keeping about for that much longer? Is he ever going to fulfil his potential? Has he hit his ceiling? All those questions to me is, you know, the answer is probably. So there's, um, so yeah, there's a couple of, couple of bits on that. So two things. First one, is the Mariota move, kind of what you were saying there, the fresh start, does it maybe remind you a little bit of um, Alex Smith at the 49ers who was first round pick? didn't do particularly well, eventually got traded away and almost kind of found himself at the Chiefs before then, you know, carrying on and, and doing quite well in the second half of his career. Maybe it's something like like that, that scenario that's happening here. The second thing on that, though, which I think is more interesting, at what point does Derek Carr turn around and go, this organisation just doesn't believe in me? There was so much drama about it last season and you genuinely wondered if he was going to be gone and they've kind of come out and, and as you said because this is someone that they both Mayock and, and Gruden talked about quite open and honestly for the last few years about how much they like him and they've brought him in to try and beat him out do you think at some point Carr turns around and goes nah I'm out of here sod you guys I mean it w- I wouldn't be surprised on the first point Steve I think that's an excellent comparison comparing him to Alex Smith there's a lot of similarities Alex Smith has never been a guy to you know fire the ball um, you know, way downfield or whatever. He was more of a precision dink and dunk type, and that's what Mariota is. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good comparison. And I do, 
I do think that um, yeah, Derek Carr probably should go as well. I think he's almost he's became still at the Raiders as well. And again, it's probably because of that. Are they continually doubting me? Um, and for what his contract is, if from a Raiders point of view, can you ship him off and maybe get something back and you know get rid of that contract? Then if you can, then I I I would do it. I guess the question is yeah, who needs yeah. who needs who needs a a starting QB that that would take Derek Carr right now. Well, I've been saying for the past eighteen months or so that Derek Carr to me looks like the obvious replacement for Tom Brady in New England. Ooh, absolutely yes. Mm. He's not dissimilar in terms of his style, um, and I think he's got the the football intelligence and I think he'd slip I think he would slip right into Belichick's offense and and would be successful there. Yeah, that's a good shape. That would be uh, annoyingly good <laughs> for the periods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's actually it's really intriguing because I I now I I know I've said this at some point last year around this time we were talking free agency because I thought a lot of teams were quite set at quarterback and we were getting to this weird position in the NFL where a lot of teams have found their guy by the time this free agency has been through because there's obviously a few pieces still to move into place with Cam and Dalton and whatever and then the the, the three or four that'll come out of the draft were even yeah. more loaded in teams that are, that are 100% sold on their guy. Um, so that makes it a, a bit more difficult to sit here and go, well, where else could he go? You know, there's not many places that are, that are blatantly obvious. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting as to, to where the the last few quarterback pieces, where they fall. Uh, right, let's go and talk about uh, some news that broke so, uh, 10 minutes before we started to record. Uh, the LA Rams have done a little bit of business in that they have released Todd Gurley and Clay Matthews. Um, I suppose the big one there is Todd Gurley. He was due another $10.5 million from the Rams if he was still on their roster at 4 o'clock Eastern, uh, which is, what, eight minutes ago? Um, so he was, <laughs> he like was two cut hours shortly. <laughs> <laughs> he was Ouch. cut shortly before that deadline. Um, so it leaves two sort of big name running backs um, on free agency at the moment, because obviously Melvin Gordon hasn't found a home yet either. Uh, do we see where either of these guys could potentially fit? Steve, what uh, do you think? See, the reason I'm not so sure on this is, uh, and I know we, we have kind of alluded to this a few times on, on the podcast, is the devaluation of the running back position over the last few years has been pretty blatantly obvious for anyone even has a you know a, a, a very general observation of the game um i think the lev bell hold out and move in a bizarre way has probably made that worse um yeah. for teams so people are going to be sitting there going okay we'll give you we'll give you a couple of years on you know single digit you know mid millions that's fine but no one wants to pay these guys what they want and I think that's going to make it really awkward for them. So I'm kind of, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if any of them have got it in them to to take that pay cut and, and try and still keep a career going, you know, or to be happy being 
you know, the, the second guy, not the de facto number one, which I suppose more teams are moving to these days as well. But like the two of them, I'd say maybe Gurley's probably got it more in him to be that guy because he maybe knows himself that his knee isn't 100%. And actually, if he can share the load with someone and, and go into a team like of uh, um, Packers, you know, him and Jones, just go for that yeah. ring, try and make it work. I'm not sure who else, but you know, do you know what I mean? I'm trying, you know, what I'm trying to get out there—the fact that he would go to a place where he has a shot of, of um, completing his career in Veracomas, but doesn't have to carry the load per se. Doesn't have all yeah. the expectation on him. What about the Falcons who let Devontae Freeman go? They've obviously got Matt Ryan, who's still a, a good quarterback. I know they had a bit of a a bad year last year. Um, uh, but they've obviously been super unlucky with injuries. If they get everyone back healthy, they've signed Dante Fowler. It doesn't necessarily have to be Gurley, but him or Gordon would seem like a, a good fit for Atlanta. Um, the other one I was thinking is, what about um, you know uh, Gurley you know, uh, absolutely pissing off um, LA and going to the other side of LA and taking Melvin Gordon's spot? <laughs> Do you think that would wind the Rams up? I mean, he's then, he's gone across to, he goes over to a different conference. Um, did they play each other last year? I think they did, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so they don't actually have to face him for the next three years. <laughs> um, so that's probably a a reasonable, they're probably reasonably happy with that. They never have to see him again. Because he probably won't make it for three years' time. He'll be retired because his knee will be gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about the Bucks? Uh, Every, everyone is going to be wanting to go to the Bucks at the minute. They are. <laughs> they um, are the destination. So, like, a couple of years ago when it was um, it, the Rams, you know, talking about them, they were the up-and-coming team. They were the place people wanted to go. And, and people started gravitating towards there. Um, I think it's very much Tampa Bay this off-season. People will be phoning their agents and going, look, I don't mind being the top-paid guy in my position, but send me over there. I want to shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one that was rumoured earlier in the week as a, prop, a possible trade uh, was Garley to the Bucks, um, but I, I don't think anyone wanted to spend anything on him. <clears throat> yeah. And they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, right, okay, um, I think we're nearly done, but there's one other big extension that we have to mention, and possibly the cleanest contract when you see the breakdown um, ever. So Amari Cooper signed a five-year, $100 million deal with the Cowboys, which was a $10 million signing bonus and $10 million of guarantee or $10 million of base salary in the first year, and then all the other years are $20 million base salary. No other nonsense. Love um, that. Love that. <laughs> Quick maths. Yeah. Just, I want 100 million. Okay, here it is. <laughs> yeah, in a really simple format. Yeah. It's just something you don't see in the NFL very often. Um, brilliant move for the Cowboys. I think, anyway, they've secured one of the top receivers in the league um, for a long time. Apparently, the Redskins made a run at him and were willing to pay more money than the Cowboys, but he elected to stay in Dallas. It makes so what do we sense, make of, right? of this? Why would why would he go to the Redskins when the Redskins are 
in a rebuild mode, whereas the Cowboys still have a chance of going to at least, you know, potentially a championship game if they get things right. Yeah, if they um, can go eight and eight. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> um, all they need to win their division. <laughs> yeah, true, right. So, yeah, for Cooper, like, for someone like him, it doesn't make sense to go to the Redskins. Um, he is being successful. He is, you know, clearly loved by the Cowboys. Um, and, yeah, I think he's got a good connection with Dak, so doesn't make any sense to for the sake of an extra 20 million and uh, or whatever or 10 million and we all know that Dan Snyder would have made it the most crazy contract ever and it would not be as simple as that Jerry Jones 100 million yeah well <laughs> you're getting 150 million but you're getting 2 million of it this year 17 million on the 26th <laughs> of June next uh, you know 2024 and then 55 million in year 5 which is like voidable <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's exactly some nonsense like, like that. Exactly what it would be like. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to roll you back to a conversation that we had last uh, August, if anyone can recall. So we sat here uh, talking about the Cowboys, and we were like, right, you've got Dak, you've got Elliot, and you've got Cooper to pay. Who's the odd one out? Who is going? What did we say at the time? Does anyone remember? I'm going to say, I, I presume we would have said that Zeke would have been, or should have been the odd one out, but the Cowboys, being the Cowboys, wouldn't have done that, and we probably said that one of the other ones would go. It's pretty much spot on, yeah. What, what, what we did come to the consensus was there was no way they were keeping all three, and look where we are. Just, just absolutely bamboozles me. What they've done is is almost mind-blowing. Now, the fact is they've only got Dak on the franchise tag, which is basically only guaranteed for this year. But if that gives them the extra year of salary cap move to wiggle it, so that if they do want it, you know, they'll probably try and get them to sign up the 33, 35 million, apparently turned down 33 million a year, was it? I think yeah. was the rumours. Yeah, um, yeah, so he's holding out for the richest contract going. Uh, he, I think, yeah, as you say, I think he wants the 40, but I don't know if he's going to get it. He, he'll only get 40 million a year if he absolutely balls out this season, in which case they have to give him it. And But it's Dak Prescott, so he won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought it was quite amusing that, in fact, we sat here six months ago and we're like, nah, they're, they're, you know, there's no way the Cowboys can make this work. And by God, they did. <laughs> the only thing that, so, you know, just to put a bit of a, a dampener on the Cowboys because fuck the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> um, hey, I thought we were going family friendly. <laughs> yeah, well, we made it this far. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, there's question marks on how you keep Zeke, Dak, Amari Cooper. The other way you do that is you give up on your defence and they did that by not... <laughs> they did... I mean, they did. They let Robert Quinn go after the season he had last year. They let Byron Jones go, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So they are, they're going to be a team that's going to be shootouts. And they're going to be... signed uh, Sean Lee for a one-year, four-and-a-half-million deal, and he can't play anymore because he's old. Yeah. yeah. He'll so... have his Zimmer frame coming through the middle of the defence. And Byron... Byron Jones. Did you just say that? Did I miss that? Yeah, yeah. Yes, and he was one of the best corners, so they've mm -hmm. lost two huge pieces to their defence, and uh, yeah, I think that's the only other way that you make these sort of moves happen. There's 
there's got to be give somewhere. Yeah. So draft, draft full defense for uh, Cowboys this year and, and cross their fingers. That's basically how they're going to go. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that or seven punters. <laughs> yeah, very Jerry Jones thing to do. <laughs> the um, is Travis Frederick coming back this season? I think he is, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is coming back. Whether yeah. that depends on how good he's going to be when he comes back, right now. True. But... Yeah, but if he gets anywhere near where he was, they're still back to having, arguably, if not the top offensive line. Yeah, definitely top top five. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. 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 But. I mean, there's been so much news over the last few days that there's obviously a lot we've not discussed. The Dolphins have made quite a big splash as well. They've signed, well... Um, Byron Jones is one of them. Yes, that's the name that was not coming out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, Byron Jones is one of them, that they've, but they've also signed a few others as well. Um, quick hot take from each years then. Who's won free agency so far? Who's made the best start? Ooh, wasn't prepared for that. Well, I suppose that's I'll, just, I'll jump that's in. Just, that's just I'll jump in with my bias hot take and say that the Cardinals have made the best start. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on what I said earlier, and and I think go with the Ravens. I think where they solidified is what they needed to kind of help that offense, and it's it's maybe the only piece they were kind of low, not lacking, but I think it just maybe helps take them all the way this season. So that's at the moment. It's Probably slightly them. However, the Bucks are in prime position to win completely if they get one or two additions. Yeah, it's it's going to it's going to be like the Browns last year, you know, where they uh, no brainer they won the off season last year, and then look what happened. So <laughs> it's not it's not always the best way to do it, but <laughs> but yeah, I think I'll go with the Ravens at the moment. I feel like I'm agreeing with Steve. I think that the Ravens had an amazing offense last year Lamar Jackson obviously grew into his role um, and I think adding Michael Brockers, Clays Campbell um, makes a already good defense even better um, obviously you know they lost uh, Terrell Suggs but I think overall they've they've done a pretty good job of um, upgrading that and uh, yeah I think I think it's pretty pretty fair to say that they've um, Done a good job. The only other one, I, I think the Browns have had a decent off-season as well. I think Austin Hooper and Jack Conklin uh, and Andrew Billings are all pretty good moves that they've made. So, um, yeah. yeah, there's there's a there's a lot there's a lot happening. It's changing Don't every day. Don't forget Case Keenum. Yeah, exactly, Case Keenum. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I th- the more I look through it, there's more like more moves that I think. You could look at, you could go through every team, and there's a lot of teams that I think have had pretty good ones so far. There's, there's more good than there is bad from from what I'm seeing, really. Yeah. Maybe a bit of an underrated one, only because because I'm scrolling through and now having a look. The Colts. Now we talked about two of their additions, but the one we didn't talk about was the fact that they managed to keep Andy Costanzo from retiring, yeah. yep. which I think is actually a massive piece of that. So. That just only helps solidify them for another year. They're not a million miles off the Colts. You think of what was happening at the beginning of the last season and uh, uh, Luck retiring and he thought everything was going to go horribly wrong. And look, but look where they are now, eh? Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, it's going to be interesting. for a worse team in the off-season so far? Can I throw the Jags in there? Texas. Jags. 
Yeah. Wow. It's going to take some time. Yeah, it probably will be there when it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the only other team that I think looks like they might struggle is the Packers. I, f- I feel like um, they've lost a few people, like Brian Balaga, who's a super solid offensive lineman. Um, yeah, and I just wonder, like, uh, you know, it's the same sort of thing. Are they letting Aaron Rodgers not be successful? Just by being s- slow to react to things? You know, they've never really been super aggressive. That's the only other team for me. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to the end of... Our comeback episode, um, I can't remember what number this is. We'll try and work that out at some point before we record our next one. Um, I Gav, have a guess, we'll say 58. but <laughs> I think it may be 57, but yeah, something like that. Um, Gav, uh, where can people find you? Um, in isolation. You can find me at Gav John Mill on Twitter or under my alias of Pure Fitba. Steve, where can everyone find you? Uh, at Wise Pranker on Twitter um, or through the AFCast is probably the best place to be honest. Um, or Stephen Housewrath on the old Facebook, um, although I don't think any of you young kids use that anymore these days. Say what? All about the grams, isn't it? All about the grams. <laughs> don't even know what happened now. I hardly post anything anyway. I've got about six. <laughs> That's there for perusing. <laughs> and you can find me at Andrew DHD. You can find us at the AF. Oh, I've done a Steve. You can find us at the AF cast on Twitter. <laughs> Search the American football cast on Facebook and we'll speak to you again next time. You've been listening to another great podcast from the Fair City Podcast Network, a group dedicated to connecting and developing podcasts. Check out fcpod.net for more great podcasts and content.